0: host, Joseph Robertson of Coffee Lovers Magazine. Today I am joined by Jesse Nelson of Conduit Coffee, and we're having a chat with Drew Moody, owner and operator of Corner of the Cafe, as well as longtime contributor to Coffee Lovers Magazine. You might recall we had Drew on the show a couple months ago, and since we've been mentioning him so much lately, uh, he's come back to reprise his role and tell us all about growing up with coffee, as well as uh, some other coolness he has coming around the corner. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat with Drew.
1: Yo, thanks for having me. Uh, good to have you back,
0: and looking forward to hearing all about. We've been uh, past couple weeks going back and and uh, chatting with uh, guests and ourselves, and just kind of digging into how we all got into coffee and how it kind of shaped us. As younglings and how we grew into it and all that sort of thing so uh, we thought it'd be awesome to hear about um, how you discovered coffee and what it meant to you and all that sort of thing
1: yeah okay um well I started drinking coffee when I was uh, I don't know like 13 or 14 I guess And it was kind of one of those things I got into because my dad was into it. And uh, I would wake up for school every morning and uh, stumble out into the kitchen and he'd already be awake with his cup of coffee and reading the morning paper. And I thought, oh, that looks pretty awesome. So (laughs) I would, uh, you know, steal sips of his coffee and it was terrible, but I tolerated it because I wanted to be like my dad Mm. and uh, spend quality time with him and have something we could, you know, talk about because when you're a teenager, you don't have anything you can talk about with your dad. Um, and then I uh, I got into high school, and I fell into a, a group of friends who were all really pretentious, and they would uh, hang out at the Barnes & Noble in town, where they had a Starbucks cafe uh, after school, and uh, they would all drink their coffee, and I thought, well, that sounds pretty good. I'm gonna go hang out with those guys and be accepted by them and have something to talk about with those people now. So I did that, and uh, I got really into it from there on out, and especially going into college. And you know, I started picking up uh, part-time barista jobs to help pay tuition and all that. Uh, and then I kind of fell out of it for a little bit, and then was reintroduced back in 2000. Uh, 10 when I started working for Pete's coffee uh, here in Chicago. And uh, I moved to the city proper and started hanging out with a lot of other coffee people. And I was introduced to uh, like Metropolis coffee and intelligentsia and counterculture and counterculture was actually sort of my gateway where I was like, Oh, coffee can be much more than just you know, black beans and lots of oils. Like I thought the uh, more oily the bean was, the more uh, gourmet it was or whatever. Hmm. And uh, so that sort of became my experience. And I'd go tell my dad, Ugh you're drinking this. Older's crap. (laughs) The darker the better. Trust me. And I'd get him all my peat stuff. And now I'm telling him. Oh, you're drinking all this black crap? No, 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 no. The lighter, the better. <laughs> 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 Nordic roasts on them now. Um, so, yeah, that's how I got into it. And, uh, you know, as as much as uh, people sort of deride Starbucks and Pete's, especially in our community, uh, I, I owe a lot to them personally. So you won't find me criticizing them too much. Um, you know, Pete's was sort of the one that taught me that coffee could be more of a culinary experience. Right. Um, And then counterculture and metropolis and those guys, I would say are the ones who taught me that coffee could be a real, uh, tasting experience. Hmm. So yeah, that's my story.
2: (laughs) Well, it's definitely true. And we often forget it, that we need to pay all those companies so much respect. Um, actually we were looking at all the counterculture stuff today and those it's, that company's impressive.
1: Yeah, yeah, they've done an awful lot for the community.
2: Yep, and so open. And for the industry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're a resource for everybody at all levels.
0: It's interesting you you mentioned um, how uh, at a certain point you looked at at dark, oily coffee as like gourmet, <laughs> like the darker and the oilier, the more fancy. Yeah, you know, fancy it
2: is. Do you think that was like? Marketing,
1: oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was me being, you know, young and naive and not really knowing. Uh, and then you know, you have a coffee professional that makes a lot more money than you do telling you, no, this is gourmet, this is the way the French right. do it mm-hmm. and the way the Italians do it, so that's the way it is. Um, so I said, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: The Italians being illy, you know, like the largest company and coffee company right. in the world.
1: Yeah. How big are they? And you know, uh, Pete's actually has what they call <laughs> like their their French roast and their Italian roast. And you can't even tell their coffee beans, really. Right. It's so disgusting. I remember, oh my God, <laughs> I remember at, I, I had to work the bean counter every day because I was one of the better salesmen because I could actually talk about the beans with people. And at the end of every shift, we would have to go into our uh, ditting grinder <laughs> with uh, disinfectant spray and a rag and clean all the oil out of it Right. because oil buildup got too much. This commercial-grade grinder couldn't handle it. <laughs> what sense does that make? I know, I, and it's funny that can't handle it you're obviously doing something wrong with your coffee (laughs) right
2: i mean that's always puzzled me as a roaster because i get that you know the darker the roast the more it, it it equalizes everything you can use cheaper beans and all this stuff but i don't understand because the equipment actually gets ruined with the darker roasts right and i don't know why those would evolve in different tracks like that to where the equipment would be wrecked by the oils yet that's the equipment that's been developed in the same culture that kind of you know brought us there the some of the dark roasts in italy
1: I'm wondering if they're willing to sacrifice money on equipment and having to continually replace equipment because they're getting such high over. Of course, because the mafia owns both. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> they can afford to invest in a lot of, in, you know, replacing machines over and over again because they're paying so little for the beans that they're using. Right. That could be it. Yeah, it's probably subsidized too in some ways. I don't yeah. Know,
2: it's still odd to me that we'd continue that tradition you know, 50, 60 years later still.
1: It's very odd. Um, yeah, Pete's actually just sent me some stuff to review, uh, a few weeks ago, which was really weird for me because, you know, it's such a huge corporation and I'm such a little person and they're like, Oh yeah, we respect you. I guess, (laughs) but they totally forgot I used to work for them. Right. Well, we had the marketing person from Starbucks contact us
2: that does the, the designs bags and things. Um oh. I mean one of the people, I'm sure. Yeah. But, yeah, they they do pay attention to the little people because they're your I mean, we're the trend setters and we're yeah we're a growing market share collectively that they're interested in because they don't know what to do.
1: Hmm. Uh, that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was really funny though, like I was putting the beans in my grinder and I have a preciso and you know they were just floating in there, like my burrs couldn't even Grab a hold of them because they were so oily, and I was like, "Oh man, I almost forgot what this was like." Right, but do you like dark roasts? I mean, are there dark roasts that you enjoy? Uh, it it depends. Um, I'm not one to say that dark roasts are are bad. Uh, I would say that you know what, Pete's and Starbucks are doing, like as dark as they're going. That's not really, I mean, it's not good. Right. Um, but I'm not opposed to like the likes of a Bow Trust. They roast a little bit darker than uh, a lot of other third wave places or like Gaslight Coffee Roasters. They roast a little bit darker. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to roasters who um, aren't afraid of a dark roast. But I'm more inclined to align myself with roasters who are doing justice to the beans and not just trying to roast a profile. Right. You also tend towards
0: uh, <laughs> brewed coffee, if I recall. Drew, is that right? Am I remembering correctly? How do you mean? Uh, in terms of your, your preference of um, uh, brewed versus espresso.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm more of a filter black coffee kind of person. Yeah. It
0: just seems like, uh, from that perspective, lighter, medium roasts probably are easier to taste better. Yeah. Anyways.
1: And a you know. Drip with a dark roast, right? <clears throat> and it depends on what kind of cupping experience you're looking for. You know, sometimes I'm in the mood for something a little bit more fuller bodied and roasty, like a Sumatra or a Sulawesi. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like around this time of year with holiday coffees and stuff. Um, you know, I like having that, uh, that cupping experience that's reminiscent of, you know, sitting by the hearth with a cup of coffee and waiting for Santa to come down the chimney. <laughs> just something that's belly warming. Right. I was just thinking I should, uh,
0: Conduit's got the winter like now, which I've been having the past few days. Yeah. Our new, a, our nice. new seasonal blend. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was just thinking oh, I should try that in a French press. It's good.
1: What's in your blend this year?
2: Um, it's pretty straightforward. It's a post roast. It's uh our lovely new Colombian that we have, El Volcan and uh the Ethiopian tabletop, the natural, the that Yergi. that's Oh, okay. That's sweet. We've had it for a couple months now. Um but it's it's nice and mellow, but really I mean their aromatics are are awesome on it, super berry, and then it has a really nice body. So the two of them together, interesting. It's kind of a cranberry and cinnamon. Oh, nice. Yeah, really happy with it. Okay. actually, I tasted the Colombian on the table uh, about six weeks ago and knew that that was going to be in our holiday blend. Um, And the tabletop is fantastic with anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's a little lighter than what we were doing last year. A little more straightforward (laughs) of a blend. Um, going with the trend and kind of what we saw in, at coffee fest that a lot of the a lot of the blends these days from little roasters are just two beans
1: yeah
0: it's, it's pretty cool with the the, the tabletop because uh, your description of cranberries and cinnamon was uh, um, i mean obviously you I remembered hearing you say that so when I tasted it it's probably easier to come into my head but to me it was spot on and I don't remember every th- ever thinking cranberries before at the tabletop Right in that combination, that's what I get.
2: Yeah, that kind of almost, you know, a little sweet tomato on the Colombian kind of turns into that. Um, Are you reviewing the holiday blends this year?
1: Yeah, I've got some coming in. Uh, I'm really excited. I I try to do it every every December. Uh, My goal is one of these years, I'd like to block out the whole month to nothing but holiday offerings. Um, cause I'm cheesy. <laughs> How many uh, coffees would that be? Um, it would be at minimum eight. That would, that would be two reviews per week, Yeah, which is sort of the minimum I shoot for. Hmm. Lately, I've been doing four to five per week over the last two or three months because I've been, been really swamped. But
2: right. Yeah. It seems like you'd want to put a bunch in there so people have a lot of options to, you know, for gifts. Definitely. Yeah. You should do a variety pack of your favorite, like the first two week, your favorite.
1: That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I like that. So
2: let's uh, add that to the list for 2017.
0: Can Conduit help with your favorites? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's some good coffee out there. We're When we did the Coffee Fest, the espresso competition, the coffees were outstanding. Yeah everybody's it was amazing yeah
0: that was that was fun to watch the the judges i think had had a really hard time knowing what to do yeah just just because you have two really good things and the choice between one and, and the other is relatively arbitrary right anyways yeah. little preferences yeah uh drew have you um been
1: you you been to the the coffee fest shows I've know. only been yeah, I've only been to one at Navy Pier uh, what was it, last year or maybe two years ago. Did you it go pretty, to, Sorry, go ahead. It, it, I was just saying it was pretty cool. Um, it wasn't necessarily for me. it's it more it would seemed more like a trade show um, uh, for more for like industry sort of professional people, right uh, scope out the latest greatest offerings for cafes. So, I mean, it was cool to see all that stuff, but it didn't really interest me or pertain to me. The, the coffee show I really like um, is called Coffee Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started here in Chicago by Kevin uh, Sina, who does um, Coffee Companion. But he recently expanded it to New York and uh, L.A. and San Francisco. And that's more of a consumer sort of show. So instead of having demos of, you know, the new Slayer espresso machine or (laughs) different kinds of, I don't know, biscotti to offer in your cafe. 50 different booths with sleeves. Yeah. Right. Yeah, stuff like that.
2: (laughs) So many POS systems.
1: It was more like, uh, you know, consumers can go up to a table and they'll show you how to use a V60 versus a Wave. Or you can go over to this table and they'll show you the difference between light and dark roast. So uh, that's more my speed. And then yeah. they'll have classes and stuff where they teach people. That's about cool. different cool. Yeah. I haven't been to one. That
2: sounds kind of like the Northwest coffee festival that we had for a couple of years that petered out. Um, much smaller scale, but.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Seattle. Much something. Smaller. Yeah.
2: Well, we have SCA, which dwarfs everything.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's still an industry thing. Though.
2: It is, but it's a magnet for everybody else. I mean, they're, they're, and this year we have worlds.
0: World Championship. Yeah. Competitions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm.
2: it's gonna be massive. I know we're working with Visions here at the studio for some party space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joseph's mind's running. It is.
0: <laughs> well, I yeah.
2: It doesn't show up on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it emanating have. off his furrowed brow of everything to do by April.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's already almost January. Don't say that.
2: Oh, we got <laughs> a holidays. Are you excited to
1: taste all these coffees? I'm always excited. How do you keep up with them? It's really hard. It's really hard. Um, you know, I sort of I have to front load myself. So right now I have um, ten, twelve, fifteen, sixteen coffees on my shelf, <laughs> and I've got another five or six coming in the next couple of days. Wow! Holy cow! Uh, so I I have to. Tip, what I, what I did in the past, what I really enjoyed doing was, um, brewing it maybe four or five different ways, um, over a span of two weeks. But now I'm brewing it four or five different ways in one day and not finishing my cup, just sort of sipping each one, uh, before they get too cold mm-hmm. oh. and just writing down my notes on the one that I like the best. Um, so yeah, it gets really hectic. And then if you look at like my editorial calendar, I'm booked through for the next month and a half. Uh, but I have all the reviews written. So like, uh, two months ago I had 30 copies at once (laughs) and that was two months worth of reviews. And I finished all of them in two weeks and then I didn't have any coffee for the next like four weeks <laughs> and now I'm just starting to get them back in. Cause I was actually on Twitter so telling people, please don't send me anything. I think no, I remember right. that. Yeah. Like I really, I really want to hire a writer or somebody. I mean, I can't yeah. afford to pay anybody, but
2: is it just you? I mean, do you have, I imagine you have other people. That... No, it's just it's me. It's just you.
1: Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah.
2: I, do you need an intern? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I need, a, I need an unpaid intern, somebody who's really ready to work for experience like I had to do.
2: Right. Hey, there's a lot of people. We have our public cuppings, and a lot of people love to be involved with some of that stuff.
0: I would love an unpaid intern. <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what we could do.
1: Is there a yeah. slow time of year for you with all this cupping, like all this coffee? or? You know, it used to be slow all the time, so I'm not... I'm not sure what the trend is right now. It's only been in the last, you know, uh, month or two last two months, I would say that it's been really bonkers in the summer. It get, it really dies down.
2: Right. Um, That's interesting. Cause it kind of does in the roasting, like for us around August, there's always a dip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people are thinking about hot beverages in right. the summer. Maybe and the enough. routines change. There's a tip yeah, online as well. For sure. Uh, yeah. Just in
0: general. Then the holidays hit. Um, I I totally didn't realize you had uh, your editorial calendar viewable. Well, at least an image of it. I'm kind of looking at it right now. You've yeah. A bunch of sunnegros coming up. Yeah, I've got six of those coming up.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah. they yeah, a-
2: uh, they won the espresso competition.
1: Yeah, that's what I heard.
2: And there we they gave us samples. They were so nice. They gave us some samples and we cupped them and they were phenomenal. I mean those coffees were absolutely inspiring, both the coffee and the the roasting on them.
1: Nice. Yeah, I can't wait to dig in. Uh I've been talking with Blake at Sunner Guys and he's just the sweetest guy. So and I've heard a lot of good stuff from people even outside the industry. I've got some friends that live down in Louisville and uh they were telling me, oh, man, you got Sonergoss in the mail. You're going to freak out over that Artie. <laughs> so I'm excited to dig in. Awesome.
0: Uh, Jesse, do you remember which one of theirs was the winner at the competition?
1: It was...
2: Um, I don't. We have the bag downstairs. I could dip that for a second. Uh, I was just curious. You can edit in later. <laughs> it's a, uh,
1: it was it an was Ethiopian.
0: Blank. There's a, there's a, was it,
1: there zero defect. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Yerg Z. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's a co-chair. Right. Absolutely. I mean, co-chair is always good. Well, right. Uh, I've, I've had maybe one that I wasn't totally happy with, hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm always in the mood for co-chair. Yeah.
2: Do you ever work with producers? I mean, do you get contacted by green suppliers
1: to uh, uh, do stuff? I get contacted by importers. Like I've talked, I've had conversations with Atlas, and I've talked with the Sweet Maria's people. Um, and I'm friends with Aida uh, Battle. Uh, she's really sweet. I talk to her now and then, but. And then there's a new guy. His name is, um, shoot, I'm blanking on it right now. Mark, Mark, no, David Alvaro Castro, maybe. Hmm. His family owns a farm in Awabakan, El Salvador. And they're doing this new, um, it's like a direct farm to table sort of thing. Interesting. Where they're growing on their own farm and then roasting at, their farm, and then shipping direct to consumer. Wow, yeah, so it's sort of eliminating the middleman there. Right. I mean, I can't imagine shipping know,
2: from El Salvador.
1: Yeah, it's got to be expensive. And um, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't totally into it, and I feel really bad about it because I'm so behind the the idea. Um. But yeah. Um, hey. The palate don't lie. Hey, if the coffee shows up on time, then
2: that's and it's good, you know.
0: But yeah, so they're doing everything. Basically.
1: They're doing everything. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, growing, yeah. processing, roasting, and selling. Interesting. I had so, um
0: uh, I interviewed for the for this next issue that's coming out uh really soon here. I interviewed uh, Steve Holt, ninety plus.
1: Steve Holt! Uh, Steve, Steve Holt, Holt. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> I well, love this card. Actually, has an exclamation point <laughs> on it. Yeah,
1: that
0: was great. Uh, he said uh, a couple of years ago he went as as default for Halloween. <laughs> uh, yeah, like vo- vote for ho- ho- whatever it is to, the the vote sticker on him. Anyways, I he was telling me that early on they actually did everything as well, including the roasting, um, and then they realized that that um, that the best thing to do was to focus on the production and then find roast partners. So they stopped roasting, right. um, but that was interesting. I didn't. And they work. They I think that. that's
2: with Novo coffee out of Denver. 90 plus. Yeah.
0: Well, they work with a number of folks, I think, but they're based. They're based out of
2: Denver, Denver Florida, yeah. Ethiopia, and Panama, I
0: think. Yeah. This is
2: why sure. we need the corrections at the beginning of every episode (laughs) to make like apologize for all the wrong things we said on the previous episode. Well, I
0: know they've had a number, they have a number of, 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 uh, roasters around the world who roast for them. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, a side, total side topic. Drew, what do you think about, um, decaf coffees?
1: (laughs) Hey, if it tastes good, I'll drink it.
0: Do, do, Do you, do you, have you had any decafs that you enjoy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I can't remember what the processing is called. S- uh, Swiss mountain Swiss water. water Mountain water. Swiss yeah, Swiss Swiss mist, something or other. Swiss <laughs> That's yep. Say so. Swiss good.
0: Yeah, no, I know I asked just because um uh I'm going uh to to get a, a tour of the Swiss water decaf plant um in early December. Uh, just kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, that's gonna be that's cool. All,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Their process is fascinating, and I actually had a chance to to do a, a sort of before after tasting of um, uh, some coffee there. Cool. And um, it's it's pretty it's pretty fascinating. Um, there's some pretty fascinating differences and changes, and and the 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 outgoing, you know, the the coffee that comes out you know, I think it's impossible to not have some kind of change, right? but it's the coffee that comes out is still fantastic. <laughs> and actually what I, what I told them after coming away from the table was if, if, if you show me that coffee blind, I wouldn't be able to tell you what right. was decaf and what wasn't. <laughs> well, I, I love sneaking that
2: one on our cupping tables or blind cupping tables. Yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway. Yeah. I, I like it. I just had one uh, this year from halfwit here in Chicago that was pretty good and then i had one earlier this year from um here we go so i have i had one earlier this year from amaya roasting company they're based out of houston texas and that one was fantastic i think it was i think it was a brazil too um it was a weird experience because it's sort of like it's kind of like a gluten-free beer or like a sugar-free coke <laughs> totally. where it's like you can taste it, it's coffee, but there's just you can taste the process in it. Just it's this weird little thing that you can't quite put your finger on, and you're like, that must be the process here. Mm-hmm. Kind of like gluten-free beer, you're drinking it and you're like, well, it's beer, right. but it's missing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best way I can describe it. Okay,
0: I always kind of figured it like the alcohol-free beers. Right. Which yeah. Yeah. It's an odd concept.
2: Or the light calorie beers. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Um, it's hard as a roaster. It's hard to keep up our quality control and decaf because nobody has any interest in drinking it. Like right. the only way we get any feedback on it is when we put it on a blind table and trick people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think of a. Uh, Times I would prefer a decaf. There, there's, there's one situation for, for a while when, uh, early in the, early on when I was working on the magazine, um, there was one cafe I would go to every day to work, and they had, um, uh, they, they did their brew in, in Fetco and then they put it in air pots, and it was, it was perfectly fine. I enjoyed just, and, and yeah, I could go in and get a small mug, for a buck. 60 or whatever and drink until I decided I was done. Right. And so, uh, at a certain point I ended up drinking a lot of decaf there because it tasted good. (laughs) And I was drinking like 30 cups a day. So I figured I probably, right. uh, It's more of a habit of drinking something warm. Yeah. wanted to be able to see straight. Uh, so that would be a situation where (laughs) I would love some decaf. Right. If I'm sucking down dozens of cups a day, but, uh, yeah.
2: Well, I actually have another idea in the works that I was going to bring up with Joseph for another episode, but um, maybe I'll send you a sample bag just to um, just to tease you a little bit, Drew. Give you more to do. <laughs>
1: sure. A little tease. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, can, um, we can end the episode on a, a little I'm tease. Just on a little tease. Wait, that g- time? Do you want to give us? Do you want to give us a hint? Do you want to tease the audience? Well, instead? it has to do with sure. just
2: a time that you might want decaf coffee, uh. and. The holidays as kind of an addition to our holiday blend, our
0: winter lake. Sweet. Uh, well, uh thanks for joining us again, Drew. Yeah, anytime. It's great chatting. It's great chatting.